Well, good morning, Oceanside Sanctuary. Welcome again to Sunday morning at the Oceanside Sanctuary on YouTube and Facebook. Today marks a really momentous day for us because while we are gathered here on Facebook and YouTube, just like we have for the past 14 months, on this day, May 23rd, we are also gathering in person for the first time at the Oceanside Sanctuary face-to-face since the pandemic began back in March of 2020. So we are very excited to return to -to face-to-face gatherings, but for those of you who aren't ready to come back to -to face-to-face services, that's okay. We are having our gathering here as we always do. And for those of you, of course, who are at a distance, this is our way of connecting with you and fellowshipping and worshiping together and encouraging each other. Today, what I wanna do, is wrap up our series as we move through the Psalms. This has been a short series that we have visited uh, during the month of May, and today I wanna conclude with Psalm 104. But before we jump into the Psalm, and I share with you some of the things that I'm getting out of Psalm 104 today, I wanna invite you, as usual, to just join me in a moment of prayer as we center ourselves and prepare to hear what the Spirit of God might be speaking to us through this passage. Would you just pray with me, please? God, right now we pray and come before you wherever we are. We bring our hearts and our minds and our bodies, our whole selves, to this act of worship, whether we are sitting in our living rooms our front porches or our back decks or maybe in our cars, wherever we might be as we are engaging in this worship gathering together, I pray that you'd remind us that it is with our whole selves, our whole bodies, our whole souls, that we approach you in worship every day. We pray that as we read through the words of Psalm 104 today, that you would give us a fresh sense of inspiration about how we are called to lean into a whole-bodied existence of worship. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, like I said, we're going to continue through our Psalms series. You can turn with me if you have your Bible to Psalm chapter 104. We're going to jump into the Psalm. Now, unlike in the previous weeks, Psalm 104 is a longer Psalm. And so I want to do something a little bit different. Instead of reading through the whole psalm today, I want to point out a couple of sections of Psalm 104 that I think are helpful for understanding how it works and what it is that we might take from it. And to do that, we're going to begin in verse 1. So turn with me if you have your Bible. If you don't, of course, we're going to put the words up on the screen for you. But Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 jumps right out of the gate with this really unusual phrase for the book of Psalms. It says in my Bible, which is New Revised Standard Version, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. Now this phrase, bless the Lord, O my soul, is a really unique phrase. It's a unique construction in the book of Psalms. It sounds familiar if you have been reading through the Psalms because it also exists in the Psalm right before it. Psalm 103 begins with the exact same construction, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. 
This is something that might sound familiar to you if you've read through these Psalms before, but in the entirety of the book of Psalms, this is a really unusual phrase. And what makes it unusual is this idea that the psalmist is coming to God not just with the praises of her mouth or his mouth, not just with uh, the typical liturgical expressions of thanksgiving or praise or maybe even lament. In other words, it's not just this sort of lip service that in Psalm 103 and 104 the psalmist is writing about. Instead, the psalmist digs deeper and says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. That is from my innermost being. There is this image drawn up right at the beginning of both of these psalms that at the deepest level, this psalmist is bringing forth blessing to God. Now, that is, of course, a kind of, like I've often said in this series, a very poetic construction. This is, of course, how scripture often works, just like poetry. It paints these inspiring and powerful images for us that help us to tap into a deeper resonance about who we are and who God is and how we engage with God in the world. And I don't want to spend so much time on verse 1 that we don't have time to visit the rest of this, but I just want to sort of bookmark for you that this psalmist is doing something different by using this imagery that speaks of reaching deep within and praising or thanking or blessing God with everything that this person has. That's what this concept of a soul is. And recently, Janelle and I were able to go to our very first party since the beginning of COVID. I don't know if any of you have had this experience yet, but like many of you back in March of 2020, Janelle and I decided to take the pandemic very seriously and we have not interacted with very many people face-to-face. We've had a small handful of people that were sort of in our pod, and of course we had our direct family. But for the past 14 months, we've had very little actual contact face-to-face. Just in the past few months, we've begun to venture out, maybe have a little coffee outdoors with some of you, uh, or you know, uh, maybe go to a park or the beach or something that's very safe but we haven't really exposed ourselves to a crowd yet. But recently, Janelle was invited to a party for the birthday of somebody else who's in our church named Jen. It was Jen's birthday, and Jen and Janelle worked together in the same shop down on Coast Highway. And so for Jen's birthday, a lot of the employees at the shop threw a party for Jen. And we were invited, and and it felt so odd to be invited to a party after over a year of not being social in groups like that. But everybody's vaccinated, you know, everybody is feeling free and clear. It happened in the backyard of one of the other employees' houses. So we drove down to the house and and we walked up and we knocked on the door and we went into the backyard and it was just the most amazing experience. And I, I don't know if this is gonna sound funny to you, maybe because it was the first party we've been to in such a long time, but. We walked into the backyard and it was like the heavens parted and rays of sunlight like bathed the backyard. I'd never seen grass that looked greener. I'd never seen trees that were more beautiful. I'd never breathed air that was fresher. And there were people milling about smiling and shaking hands and hugging. And then there was this amazing buffet, this 
a buffet of Mexican food that was being cooked on the spot, and the food was the most incredible food I think I've ever had in my life. Now, maybe you've had that experience before. Maybe you've had that experience recently where you experience something that you've encountered so many other times in your lives. You know, I've been in plenty of backyards. I've been to plenty of parties. I've eaten a lot of Mexican food here in San Diego. But this experience was special, maybe because I had been so starved of those kinds of social encounters for so long. It felt like we were experiencing life and goodness and peace and love in a way that we hadn't quite experienced it before. And of course, the friends that we saw there are great friends and the company that we kept was good and we laughed and we drank wine and we ate great food and just had a good time. It was of course a party, but there was something special about the experience that allowed us to catch a glimpse of the goodness of life the righteousness of life. And I wonder if you've had that experience too, where you do something that maybe you've done a million times before, but for whatever reason, that time seemed special. It seemed like you were able to see through the curtain and peer into the divinity behind the ordinary experiences of life. Well, that's what I think the psalmist is describing here. The psalmist is, writing us a song or a poem that is going to unpack a lot of the ordinary and mundane experiences of life, especially in nature. So if you look through the rest of this psalm with me, you're going to see that over and over again. Again, we're not going to read through the whole thing, but I want to point to you just a few passages. So going back to Psalm 104, verse 1, again, the psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. In other words, my whole soul blesses the Lord. Oh, Lord, my God, you are very great. Well, how great is God? Verse 2, God is wrapped in light as with a garment. You stretch out the heavens like a tent. You set the beams of your chambers on the waters and make the clouds your chariot. You ride the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers and fire and flame your ministers. In other words, this psalmist is seeing nature maybe for the very first time. Seeing that on the wings of the wind, the flames of fire, and the waters that God is displaying God's incredible glory and majesty through the created order. And we see that again and again throughout this psalm. Skipping ahead to verse 5, the psalmist says, You set the earth on its foundation so that it will never be shaken. Verse 10, you make springs gush forth in the valleys. Verse 14, you cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for people to use. On and on, the psalmist goes line after line to unpack in powerful poetic imagery that the glory of God, the, the divine nature of God, the goodness of God are on full display for everyone to see every time they walk out their door and they look at the same things that they've seen over and over again. If they will simply look with eyes of faith, they will see the goodness that exists behind those things. I want to pick it up again in verse 24 and spend a little bit more time there because this portion of Psalm 104, I think, speaks really beautifully to this idea that we're talking about, that God's presence, God's goodness, is revealed 
in the physical manifestation, the incarnation of God's creation. Verse 24 says this, O Lord, how manifold are your works. In other words, how obvious is your power. How manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide, creeping things innumerable are there, living things, both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. In other words, just looking out at the world, we see in the oceans that is teeming with creatures, great and small, that God has created, including humans and the ships that we, we traverse the sea with, and the great monsters or beasts of the ocean, like whales, who come along and are like playthings compared to the greatness of God. And what about all of these things, all of these creatures? Who do they look to for their sustenance? Verse 27, these all look to you to give them their food in due season. And when you give to them, they gather up. And when you open your hand, they're filled with good things. And when you hide your face, they are dismayed. In other words, the psalmist sees in nature the great mystery of life all the complexity of biology, all of the wonder of how animals exist in ecosystems that are incredibly balanced, and that amazing scientific revelation about the, the fine-tuning of our universe somehow reveals that there is an energy, a force, a goodness behind all of it that keeps us bound together and able to access good things because of that divine life. The psalmist sees all of this and is filled with wonder because of the beauty and the complexity of it. And in this way, nature itself becomes a kind of sanctuary, a kind of auditorium where the psalmist can worship in a way that is utterly different and distinct from the formalities of liturgies. But speaking of liturgies, I want to point you to one last portion of this psalm that I think is helpful, and it starts in verse 31. What happens in Psalm 104, verse 31, is that the psalmist shifts from their observations about life, shifts from their detailed and poetic descriptions about all the wonders of nature, and as if in response to those wonders, now the psalmist begins to construct a kind of doxology of life. And a doxology, of course, is something you might have heard about if you were growing up in church, depending on what kind of church you went to, but especially more liturgical, more formal churches have doxologies. And a doxology is really just a pre-written formula for prayer or liturgy that we use to turn our attention to God. Well, the psalmist provides us with a kind of doxology here in verse 31. This is the psalmist's response to the wonders that they see. Verse 31 begins with this liturgical poem, and it says this, May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. 
I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. And this is what I would like you to notice, because it's what's really inspiring and feeding me today, that in response to the beauties, the complexities, the wonders of life, this psalmist then turns to a kind of liturgical expression, a kind of covenant, a kind of commitment or promise that the psalmist makes to God with this liturgy. And I love this phrase, verse 33, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. And those two couplets, those Four lines of poetry, I think, come full circle all the way back to verse 1, where he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. What does it mean to bless the Lord with your soul? Well, I think it means this. I think it means to recognize and to see the goodness, the righteousness, the peace of God in all of life for as long as we live sing to God, to praise God, to give goodness to God. But most importantly, maybe more importantly than any of those individual acts, to live that life in such a way that goodness becomes our worship. In this way, I think Psalm 104 corresponds really well to the book of Ecclesiastes. You might remember if you've read through the book of Ecclesiastes that here we have somebody who seems to be experiencing the exact opposite of the psalmist in 104, where in, in Psalm 104, the, the poet, the songwriter is experiencing sort of joyous rapture in response to the goodness of life. In Ecclesiastes, on the other hand, the preacher or Kohelet, to use that Hebrew phrase, is instead really frustrated with life. Because in Ecclesiastes, the writer has tried to do his very best to be wise and smart and successful and realizes that it really doesn't matter and ultimately says it doesn't matter how hard we try that the goodness of God sometimes falls upon the unrighteous and the calamities of life sometimes fall upon the righteous. So what is the point? And so in that way, Ecclesiastes and Psalm 104 might seem entirely opposed to each other. But what I love is that they come to essentially the same conclusion. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 12, Kohelet, after complaining that no matter how hard he tries, that everything seems empty and unsatisfactory, he comes to this amazing conclusion. In chapter 3, verse 12, he says, I know that there is nothing better than for them to be happy and to enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in all their work. That is, I think, essentially the message of Psalm 104 too. Whether you are looking at life and, and enraptured by the beauty and the complexity of it, or whether you are toiling through life and struggling and, and, and not finding meaning in it, the answer still is the same, and that is that when we come to life and we recognize the goodness in the small things, 
the goodness in our eating and our drinking, the goodness in our work, the goodness in our efforts, the goodness of experiencing our relationships together, the goodness of spending time in nature at the beach or in a boat or hiking through the woods, but especially the goodness in our relationships with each other around a table. When we lean into those good things, when we enjoy them, with our eyes fully set on the goodness of God, that becomes the fullest expression of worship for us. Because that is when we say, whether life has been good to me or whether life has been bad to me, I recognize the goodness in the world that God has given and I am determined to enjoy it. As we come out of this pandemic period in the United States, it is my prayer that we would all become a people who are able to lean into the good, even if they are often mundane aspects of life, and that we would be able to fully enjoy God's gifts for us. And to the extent that our neighbors are not able to enjoy God's good gifts, that we would give ourselves to them so that they could enjoy those good things. In doing that, we become people who worship with our whole souls. And that is my prayer for us as a church. How is this psalm inspiring you today? As you read through Psalm 104, what are the words or phrases or images that are grabbing your heart and causing you to lean into the goodness of life and to live a life that is worshipful before God? If you have an answer to that question, I wanna encourage you to pop into the comments and just share with each other what is inspiring you about Psalm 104 today. Say hello, encourage each other wherever you might be and bless each other. Would you just pray with me today? God, again, we thank you for this opportunity for us to read through the Psalms and to find inspiration, to find energy, to find new pathways of possibilities for our lives. It's our prayer, God, that you would teach us to become people who are able to engage with life from the depths of our souls, to bless you by enjoying all that life has to give and to make sure that others have that same opportunity too. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the online gathering here at the Oceanside Sanctuary. If you are new to the Oceanside Sanctuary and you are out there in virtual land watching, we would love to know you're out there. We'd love to somehow meet you and answer any of your questions. And the best way to get in contact with us is via our website at theoceansidesanctuary.org backslash contact portion of the website. And so here is the exciting thing, if you don't know about this and you are watching virtually, is that today is the very first Sunday in a very long time that the church is open and there are people in the pews and they are live at the Oceanside Sanctuary today. And that is going to continue, hopefully, in the weeks and months and years to come. So here's what you need to do. If you wanna be part of the in-person gatherings next Sunday, go to the website and RSVP for either the 10 a.m. service or the 11.15 a.m. service. Uh, we're able to do up to 30 people for the 10 a.m. service and up to 60 people 
for the 11.15 a.m. service. So once again, you need to go online, RSVP to get your spot in the pew for next Sunday's in-person gathering at the Oceanside Sanctuary. And then the only other quick update is if you are going to be there live and in person, you are going to see some really amazing and fun and new things and changes within the church. And all of that takes our support. Oceanside Sanctuary is a 501c3 nonprofit and it survives on gifts from those who love the Oceanside Sanctuary and love what is happening and love what the church is doing in this community. So we would love for you to give. We would love for you to be part of the, the mission and the vision of the Oceanside Sanctuary. Giving is easy. It's online at the oceansidesanctuary.org backslash give. And that is where you can set things up and make it easy. You can also contact the staff and the team and the pastors and ask them anything you would like to when it comes to giving and how your resources and your time and your money would be used through that mission at the Oceanside Sanctuary. So we're excited to see you in person when you are ready, when you are comfortable. We look forward to seeing you soon and have a great week, everybody.